Hey everybody, it's Wednesday and we have a whole I love a day like today because we have a mm. an arc, a bit of yes. a story arc if you will. It's a real social media oh. heavy show, multiple takes on mm. influencer culture. Yeah, there's a lot of hot, hot takes going on these days. But first we're going to break down a message we got from the senior director at the BNPL platform Affirm because we talked about Affirm with regards to Walmart offering buy now, pay later, you can do a layaway plan for your milk. Mm -hmm. So we're going to uh, give equal time, if you will, to that feedback. Yep. Then uh, after that, we're going to talk about Senator Marco Rubio announcing mm -hmm. bipartisan legislation to ban TikTok. Your moment oh. has arrived, J. Cal. Finally, uh, some bipartisan action on this very important issue. And... This is where the story mm. arc part comes in. It just so happens that our mm. next unicorn interview today, because Wednesday oh. when we run a next unicorn, is with Pear Pop CEO and founder Cole Mason, talking about how that team is making the social media space more lucrative for creators and wanting to turn us all mm. into creators using this uh, simple platform that is going to make them a ton of money. All right. It's going to be a great show. Stick with us. This Week in Startups is brought to you by OpenPhone. As a startup founder, a lot of mistakes are easy to roll back on, but using your personal cell phone number as your company number isn't one of them. OpenPhone makes it easy to get business phone numbers for you and your team, right on top of your existing devices. Visit openphone.com twist to get 25% off your first six months. And Fitbot. Tired of doing the same workouts at the gym? FitBot will build you personalized workouts that help you progress with every set. Get 25% off your subscription or try out the app for free when you sign up now at fitbot.me slash twist. Yesterday, Molly, we received, no, yesterday we covered buy now, pay later. This morning I received a spicy email mm -hmm. um, from the folks at a firm. Mm -hmm. and I told them, okay, I'm happy to uh discuss your email on air and they said okay great go ahead uh so this wasn't sent to us uh hey this is on background if they had said background not for publishing i would have been fine i would have said no but here's yep. the email you know, if you're yep. watching on youtube but it's um you know four quick bullet points i guess about uh, what they believe um we got wrong in the story about walmart offering buy now pay later to people buying like milk and eggs and socks uh, which Anything. i found yeah. outrageous yeah we specifically uh took issue with mm -hmm. the grocery part of it and in general i have been critical of buy now pay later and we talked about the concern of expanding like basically just mm -hmm. expanding uh layaway yes. to more and more and more people for inexpensive purchases at a time of economic downturn now, I just point of uh, clarity here, mm -hmm. clarification. Affirm, the company that specializes in buy now, pay later, I think Klarna was the first one, and then Affirm, I think, uh, came after them. Uh, mm -hmm. Affirm is not partners with Walmart. Walmart's not their partner in this. So they just sent this because they were offended by our general take on buy now, pay later. I think so, yes. Affirm... Walmart has been using a firm oh. like in a limited way okay. and is now phasing them out and going their own way with buy now, pay later. So okay. presumably, yes, what they affirm is, of course, the Max Levchin company. Um, yeah. And presumably what happened is that they took issue with our characterization of the space as a whole hmm. is the way uh, I read this email. Okay. So uh, we got this email from uh, Matt Gross. 
senior director uh, over there. Let, let, what's it, what, what's he upset about? So a uh, uh, couple here. points. Yep. Couple points. Uh, wanted to kindly and respectfully request that you either please do the work that was in that was in italics in the original That's email. That's the neon sign behind me at my other mm -hmm. studio. Do, do the, the work, work. Okay. or reach out mm. in the future should you ever be interested in engaging in a thoughtful dialogue about the credits and payment system. Few quick bullet points. Let's go straight to that. I believe it is Coming irresponsible and misleading to loop buy now, pay later in the same category as mortgages, student loans, auto loans, and even credit cards, though this last one is justifiable. I suspect you are aware of the major structural differences between these products, i.e. compounding interest, late fees, deferred interest versus seeing everything you owe up front by each individual transaction. The conversation effectively contradicted itself in the segment by listing the major sources of household debt later in the segment, mortgages, student debt, autos, credit card debt, and other. That's, okay. That's bullet point so, one. Let's do one well, at a time. Yeah. So yeah, let's take number one here. Yeah. Is there anybody listening to this program, this week in startups, I'm just asking you this, Molly, because I, I, I want to do the best job possible, mm -hmm. who doesn't understand the nuanced differences between a mortgage, a student loan, and credit card debt, and PLA loans. Doesn't everybody understand that? You listen to this week in startups, and we've covered buy now, pay later for a couple of years here in detail. Mm -hmm. Is there anybody listening who doesn't understand the nuanced difference between these things? Well, I, I think primarily too, first of all, I can't imagine that. We have a very, very smart audience, yeah. many of whom are investors and founders. Yeah, so they, they definitely understand. understand the difference between different kinds of debt. Yeah. And I would say that what we were arguing is that piling even a new kind of debt yes. onto that already giant pile of various other types of debt is the concern. Not that buy yeah. now, pay later is somehow exactly the How same as a mortgage. That? How did Matt miss that? I don't... I mean, he's telling me to do the work. I mean, that's coming in spicy with J-Cal, but okay, I like it. You want to come well, in swinging? Yeah, I mean... That's fine, but you, you're maybe very Maybe he thinks we should have made it a different kind of debt, but it's still debt. It's debt on top of debt on top of... Like, you just listed seven yes. kinds of debt that every consumer has, or most, maybe not that's a mortgage, but rent, and that's the point. So I guess so that his, would be our rebuttal, is we yes. lumped it all together as monthly payments, debt service. You, you have to pay money back that you didn't have. You took a loan and the loans have different textures to them, but they're all loans and they all mm -hmm. stack on top of each other as you are correctly pointing out. So that is not contradicting our argument in any way. That is it, the essential, that's essentially been your argument from the beginning. Right. Why People already have debt? a bunch of debt, don't make more. Yes. Yeah. Okay. So complete, he completely missed the point on number one. Let's see if he gets any uh, something more insightful on number two. Go. The overwhelming majority of American households revolve. You were right. Credit card issuers don't like transactors like Jason and Molly. I should say that revolve here is code for carry debt. Mm -hmm. Okay. The majority mm -hmm. of American households have some credit card debt that they are paying interest on every month. I'm just translating that. But the fact is, Matt writes, that the average outstanding credit card debt per household is about $6,000 versus $600 outstanding balances for Affirm users. Credit cards have compounding interest, late fees, and deferred interest, while Affirm does not, and we have made $0 in late fees ever. Okay. What's your rebuttal? Well, you take this rebuttal. I mean, it's yeah, pretty obvious. so in this one, I think we should say, one important note, it's true that Affirm does not charge late fees. We, okay, we accept that. We accept that. Congratulations. 
I would say the fact that people currently have a $600 balance uh, with a firm compared to $6,000 in credit card debt is, is probably a function of availability. Like as the market for buy now, pay later grows, yeah, maybe people will have larger balances. Right now, they can't necessarily do that on every purchase they make. But it feels right. to me like the goal of buy now, pay later is for everybody to get to the point where they have $6,000 in credit card now debt and $6,000 in BNPL debt. The explicit point of a firm or any, I'm going to take a firm out of it so that we get this a little less personal. And Matt's yes, making it maybe that's a good idea. Mm -hmm. Matt's making it kind of personal. I'm going to, the Brooklyn in me wants to make it very personal, but um, <laughs> congratulations <laughs> that you made a more competitive product. Sincerely, as an entrepreneur, like, great, that's what you're supposed to do. Like, yeah. A firm or any buy now pay later has to have a better model to compete against credit cards, which are ubiquitous. Yep. And um, the model here is uh, for people who don't have credit cards, I guess, or they supposedly have some algorithm that's better. This is how it's always been pitched to me that they can assess credit worthiness better. But all this says to me is that they're piling more debt on top of households. It could be better debt, but it's still debt back to point one mm -hmm. and uh yeah late fees are lame sure congratulations on doing late fees and they're taking the money uh from my understanding is this their profits come out of the sellers so the sellers are in some way picking up what would have been the profit margin charged to customers so they mean sellers are going to raise prices all right it's almost 2023 are you still seriously using a business phone or even worse are you using your personal cell phone for work that's insane it's crazy you need open phone you got to give yourself the power of a software driven phone now it works through an app on your smartphone or your desktop you just pick a number you install the app and you know what you're done my team loves this product our sales team our customer support team and I looked at the pricing and I'm like, it's too, it's too affordable. It's too affordable. 10 bucks a month? Ridiculous. And then the amazing team at Open Phone's like, you know what, J. Cal? We love the show. They said, give your listeners 20% off any plan for the first six months. Okay? So here's what you do. You go to openphone.com slash twist. You get the 20% off. You separate the personal from the business. You keep it professional. Everything goes well for you. If you own the business, you do it for your employees. They're going to thank you. O-P-E-N-P-H-O-N-E.com slash twist. Openphone.com slash twist. And they'll port your phone numbers over for you. No problem. Easy peasy, lemon squeezy. Let's get back to the show. I mean, listen, not having ways in which buy now, pay later could be better than credit cards. No compounding interest is a huge deal. Consumers do not understand how evil <laughs> compounding yeah. interest really is. Mm -hmm. And the interest rates on credit cards are shockingly high and, and somehow never go down even when interest rates go to zero at the mm -hmm. Fed, right? You're still paying 16, 17, 18%. So having a lower interest by now pay later loan mm. is in that way better than credit card debt. I will concede that point and not charging late fees. Sure. is great considering the numbers that we looked up which is that two in five people have struggled to make their buy now payment later payments and a third of them have missed them complete completely and a quarter of customers who missed payments or made them late also failed to pay another bill because they took on too much debt okay, so i will so i will definitely grant the point about this being less damaging to consumers mm -hmm. in sense in the sense of interest and late fees mm -hmm. Fair. But point made. 
the other information that's come out is that buy now, pay later customers mm-hmm. are, you know, uh, experiencing a large number of defaults, a large number of late payments, a large number of missed payments. So it's always been my position, and I believe yours as well. You'll correct yeah. me if I'm wrong. That <laughs> we're extending too much credit to people overall. Yep. And the more ways you offer people to extend it, the more overextended people are going to get. And we're offended by the idea that companies are trying to get people to extend every payment they could possibly make. What are people going to do? They're going to go out to get a, a what next? Domino's is going to offer buy now, pay later. I'm sure that buy now, pay later companies are trying to get Domino's to do buy now, pay later. Like this is not how you should live your life, folks. You should live your life with a better balance sheet and you can i think these companies doing this i think it's immoral that's still my position you haven't convinced me otherwise sorry i would note that the other thing about not you know they don't charge late fees for example if you miss a payment but you can be reported to credit agencies okay so, so transunion already has said that they will include buy now pay later debt on your credit mm-hmm. report, meaning you right. will get dinged uh, if you miss a payment and these companies report you. And the other two, Experian and the other one. Yep. Okay. Experian and are going one. to uh, mm-hmm. are going to include that debt on your credit report. Right. So, okay. so it on the one hand, by now pay later, yeah. it could cause just as much damage. On the one yeah. hand, it could help you build up your credit. Like, let's say you are new to the country and you don't have a lot of credit, right? It could be like a store credit card, which those are easier to get because they don't do such a deep credit check. Or it could be oh, like it revolving debt. Like there's an opportunity to use buy now, pay later to build a positive credit score if you can afford it. And again, I look, I'm aware that a lot of this comes down to consumer education. And there mm-hmm. are lots of, you know, people have made the same arguments we're making about Robinhood or anything that entices people to spend money that they don't have. Correct. But I think that you start your argument from a disingenuous place Mm. the second you refuse to acknowledge that the second you refuse to acknowledge that there are people who will get out over their skis here people that american consumers are already living on unsustainable amounts of debt yes and then that is where we get to our third point okay yeah which is where we go crazy oh okay (laughs) i know it's easy to say as one of the most successful angel investors ever that people should not use credit i'm sorry excuse me Right, oh, Matt. That got personal. Right, <laughs> Matt. Here we go. But just want to point out how obnoxiously elitist of a comment it is where people should listen to Jason and Molly about Ooh. when it is acceptable to utilize credit versus not. Okay. Guess the person that is buying those 36 eggs and gallons of milk for their family should get a payday loan or revolve on their credit card if they can qualify one or if they, if they don't have all the money up front or just starve. All right. This is where Matt's being an idiot. Yeah. Um, he lost us, number buddy. Number one, I'll just point out, I spent the majority of my life broke and in debt and poor, which you don't know. But yeah. when I was 30, some large years old, I made my first hit. Up until that point, I lived in with some amount of debt and I lived month to month and my parents did. So be careful if you want to take a swing at somebody. because Same, buddy. Know Same, me. which is why we pay our credit cards every month yes, now this is why yeah because we learned more. this the most painful way possible it took me yes. a decade to rebuild my credit you 
Yeah, exactly. So anyway, obnoxiously um, elitist, like it's super obnoxious. Um, and it makes me think less of the company. I'll be honest. I mean, um, that's not like I, I don't know how you thought that was going to go. Yeah, not not cool. Bro. But also, I've been anyway, a journalist sure. for twenty years, so like I hope to be obnoxiously elitist someday. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Uh, so I mean, if you Still call me obnoxious, it, I get it. But elitist. Anyway, guess that person buying thirty six eggs. I just literally last night. I just bought 36 eggs. <laughs> it just coincidentally, I bought three dozen eggs. Well, this is what payday Safeway. lenders say too. The idea that they're, that they can either, that they either need to take a buy now, pay later loan or starve is so yes. utterly logically broken. like it's just a fallacy. It is utterly broken. Yes. This is the most cynical, stupid argument you can that make. It's offensive. It's a, it's an offensive, uh, ad hominem attack. And it does no. Uh, it doesn't help a company like a firm to say stupid stuff like this and make a bad argument, because the choice is not uh, starving or use buy now or use a firm. That's not what consumers are doing. Consumers are not going waking up today and going, "Oh my God, will I starve today, or will a firm save my life right. by allowing me to do four easy payments for my eggs and milk?" Call it's me when done. you're out here lobbying for like living wages. Call me when you're out here with a financial education product that helps mm -hmm. consumers. Yes. Uh, like you could easily, easily, yes. if you are a firm, tack on those aspects to your business yes. without Why not? sounding Why not? just, I mean, I'm sorry, there are like government, there are government assistance programs. There are a million things that you could actually be doing to sure. make sure that people aren't in a position. Like you could literally become the leader in trying to educate consumers so that they are not in a position to be overwhelmed by their monthly debt. You Americans should not be living on credit. It should be for emergency purposes only. I believe this buy now, pay later stuff is a terrible financial habit. I believe everybody should be educated to never use it. You should only use it as a last resort. If you need to buy more eggs if you, and you're short, you need to maybe find some more work or cut some other expenses and try to balance your 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 living expenses that's hard work i understand it i i'm i have sympathy for people who've been in that position i have been in that position personally myself it is not hard it is it is hard work it is suffering but doing buy now pay later or credit cards or payday loans i put them all in the same bucket uh sure one could be better than the other uh obviously but i i, I do put it in the same bucket which is something you should not do it defers it's your pain. something you should not do it defers your pain I did it. I lived on a, I lived, you know, because I grew up absolutely flat, busted, broke, like yes. periodically food insecure, broke. Yeah. Learned Same. nothing about yep. finance, financial management. Right. And attempted to live on a credit card for college. Yep. Big mistake. And spent 15 years clawing out of that hole. It's just like, dumb. It's just dumb. It, <laughs> this is not an argument that is ever going to work on the two of us. It's actually the ex the literal wrong email for the literal wrong two people. If you said, you know, hey, listen, you want to buy a laptop or a phone. It's an expensive item, but it does last many years. Yeah. So why not spread it out? It makes financial sense to spread it out. And Apple has a ton of cash on their balance sheet. So they want to beat Android. So they offer monthly just to get you to buy more. Okay, it's a competitive thing they're offering. It's it's in the best interest of consumers. Okay, a home is a huge thing. So pay it off, off for a number of years. Okay, an education 
is a huge thing. Pay it off over a number of years because it's got some tremendous value. Great. Consumables do not fall into that. Your clothes don't fall into that. Your vacation shouldn't fall into that. If you're paying for a vacation on buy now, pay later, that is a mistake. It is a mistake to use buy now, pay later for anything that is not a considered purchase. I'm sorry. That's my position. And you know what? You've All you've done here, Matt, is confirm to me that your company is on the wrong side of this. I don't believe you're on the right side of this. I think you should only use these, Molly, for things that are thousands of dollars that provide massive value and that you need. Yeah. I'm sorry. I think I, I, we have a difference of opinion here. Understanding the smart use of debt is mm -hmm. like <laughs> financial. That's like, it's an important part of your financial education, a, a financial education that, again, I want to stress is missing in the United mm -hmm. States. And a firm has a huge opportunity here to step in and be part of that. Because this is, in many ways, buy now, pay later is better debt than yes. credit card debt. And right. if you are talking about one of those big purchases, then this could be better debt. Because there are times when spreading a payment out over... 12 months or 24 months, assuming that your other finances are in order and you can afford mm -hmm. it with zero interest or 2% interest or 3% interest compared to 16% interest is great. That's a great opportunity. You can use this debt wisely. But sure. until you are pairing the expansion of your service with the education about that, this to me feels, this email feels so defensive mm -hmm. and angry that yep. what it tells me is we're not the only ones who are saying this about buy now, pay later. No, we hit the nail on the head. We hit the nail we, on the head. We hit the nail on the head and it hurts too much. I think they're what they're concerned about, which I get, is they're concerned that buy now, pay later, um, you know, has gone too far. And that now, yeah. you know, maybe they're that people are going to throw the, the baby out with the bathwater. If you had a friend, Molly, let's just say they're... Um, I'll even not say middle class. I'll say, you know, listen, they're, they're, they're in the lowest third of income owners. They're living month to month. And they said to you, hey, I'm living month to month here. You know, I don't have a lot of debt, but um, I don't know. I just, I, I was going to go on vacation and I saw some affirm thing and, uh, you know, it said I could spread my payments out. So I decided I'd go on a better vacation. What would you advise that person? Would you advise I that would... person to do it? Well, I would say, have you budgeted for that? Have yeah. you set aside the money mm -hmm. that you're going to need to make that payment every month? Okay. Do you know you can do it? Like, yeah. I would say, first, show me the spreadsheet where yeah. you it up your existing monthly payments. Okay. Do you know how much the monthly payment is going to be on the mm -hmm. buy now, pay later loan for your vacation? Yeah. And can you afford it? And can you afford mm -hmm. it if something goes wrong? But Here's no, what, what I, I would tell my friend is, don't do that. Stack cash. Because that yeah. is what the financial advisor who like saved my life and made me uh, able to be an independent person yes. said to me, don't do I, anything until you have cash reserves. It sucks to sacrifice. It sucks. Yes. It blows that we can't like, but we have this whole culture that's like 80% of GDP is consumer spending. You have to yeah. keep up with the Joneses. You yeah. need this new thing. And there's always some new thing coming out that you need. And it's Correct. all part of the lie that is like burning the planet, ruining your finances. Yes. And there's no universe in which you can tell me that even if this is a better version of that, it's still not a version of that. It's a version of that. It is. We're trying to incentivize people to consume more and to consume things they can't afford. Yes. That's what these services do. They entice you to get ahead of your skis. 
they're trying to frame it in this horrific argument that they're better than payday loaners. That's like payday loaner saying, well, we're better than loan sharks. Right. Loan sharks break your legs. We just charge 30% interest payday loaners. And credit card companies are like, well, we're better than payday loaners. We're better than loan sharks. And then a firm is saying, well, we're better than loan better sharks. Than, and credit cards. <laughs> credit cards and payday loans. Right. And it's like, you know what? You're all a bad habit for anybody to start. Here's an idea. Do the vacation you can afford to pay for. And then save up some cash, have six weeks, and then eventually six months of dry powder and sleep well at night. You don't need to upgrade your laptop. You don't need to, instead of going to San Diego and staying at, you know, uh, a comfort inn, which is what I did with my wife. We, you know, we did vacations where we could drive there. Yes. I was and just going to say, we drove to grandma's house. Yep. We drove places and we had the best time of our lives. And you yeah. know what? You go to Italy, you, you, you extend yourself to Hawaii, whatever it is. Uh, you're not going to have any, uh, it's going to be an incrementally better time. And the stress of having spread it out on a firm or another buy now, pay later is not going to be good for you. You're going to then live with stress. You'll forget the vacation and you're going to be living in a life of stress. And to do it for your eggs and bacon, here's an idea. If you're that short, you got to do what you got to do. You got to work another shift. You got to work another couple of hours or you got to cut some expenses other places and just try to balance your, 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 your budget. Balance your budget. Don't engage in buy now, pay later. Don't run up your credit cards. Obviously, don't do payday loans. It's all the same bucket. They're all the same thing. They're all a bad idea. That's my position. I, you've now, because of- You hardened it. You actually hardened the position. <laughs> you literally just hardened my position with <laughs> yeah. this horrific, stupid argument, Matt. It's a dumb argument. And I want to know- personal. You made it which personal. Which is really dumb. I know. Like you took basically two blue collar kids and accused them of being elitist. And now we're pissed. Yeah, is exactly. what's happening here. Like we're now we're you. pissed. Literally every <laughs> to my audience, please send me every piece of data on buy now, pay later uh, being bad <laughs> uh -oh. for consumers. Oh no. I want every, I don't want anecdotes. I mean, but fine. You can send me. Well, and no, here's I want, where I want the actual data on it. Is it worse than credit cards or not? Right. Well, and it's that, not okay. the only reason it's not worse than credit cards. It's not because of the interest that does matter. Right. Sure. Compounding interest Congrats. is a huge deal. Congratulations on being better than credit cards. It's also not as widespread, yeah. not by a mile. And to the to the point that we just made about the defensiveness in that mm -hmm. email, I want to point yeah. to you a report in September. Okay. In which the U.S. Consumer Financial Protection Bureau. Okay. Suggested that companies like Klarna and Afterpay, which allow customers to pay for products and services in installments, must be subjected to stricter oversight. Oh. In the course of its investigation, the CFPB found that buy now, pay later vendors are approving more customers for loans mm -hmm. yeah. year after year, 73% in 2021 compared to the 69% in 2020, which means 73% of people who are applying for buy now, pay later are getting approved and that delinquencies on these services mm -hmm. are rising sharply. Okay. And the buy now, pay later industries charge off rate, the rate of uncollectible loans, which live on your credit report for okay. seven years, uh, was 2.39% in 2021, up from 1.83% yeah. in 2020. Wrong, of course. That's we're in the a bad data. Economy. Like you want to know about economy. the data? That's the data. You know, I've been on a health kick over the past year. 
And you also know I care about optimization and data-driven solutions. That's why I love FitBod. And I love it so much, I actually became an investor in the company. Let me tell you a little bit about FitBod. It's a data-driven workout app that blends machine learning with exercise science. These are real developers who made this software. It is extraordinary. They create a custom dynamic program that's based on, of course, your fitness goals and your experience, but also your available equipment. And they maximize your fitness gains by varying the intensity and the volume between sessions, just like some really expensive personal trainer might. So they are using that machine learning. They're using this incredible piece of software to give you a workout that is going to be awesome for you based on how much time do you have to work out? What muscles are you looking to target? And so much more. So let's say you want to get in a 30 minute workout. You want to hit chest, tricep, abs. Okay, but you stay at that Airbnb with no equipment. FitBod will create the perfectly optimized workout for you based on those parameters. They're going to take the guesswork out of your fitness. You open the app, you start making progress. I want you to do this for the new year. Do it for yourself. So get 25% off your FitBod subscription or try the app for free when you sign up now at fitbod.me slash twist. F-I-T-B-O-D dot M-E slash twist. That's fitbod.me slash twist for 25% off. Well done. Here's the thing. This is probably coming from a place of, you know, they, they feel like they're in the, um, they feel like they're in the, the, the crosshairs of this regulation. But I just want to point out my editor, my intellectual consistency on this issue. I have been incredibly intellectually honest and consistent. And when I'm not intellectually consistent, please tell me, the audience, you, Molly, anybody. But I just did a tweet storm about venture debt. And I was like, listen, don't get venture debt. Build a profitable business, get to break even. Don't start paying for your burn rate on debt because it will explode in your lap. My message to founders and cap and capital allocators, venture capitalists, if the true elites in our society, right, or amongst the true elites, people, you know, running these companies and investing in them, I'm telling them to not live on credit. I'm telling the elites to not run on credit. I'm telling uh, my position on college has been incredibly consistent. It's not worth it to go 250k in debt for any of these degrees. Take that money and start your own companies, angel invest it and get skills, spread it out over take the 250k you're going to go in debt, spread it out over 10 years, put 25k into it. I am editor I am intellectually consistent on this. It is not personal to our friends over at a firm who have made it personal. Right. This is about consumers. This is about consumers making smarter financial decisions and the yeah. idea of enticing them to make poor financial decisions yeah. is unpalatable. And I would say the only hole in your consistency is Robinhood, although okay, I bet you would never. Well, Robinhood certainly has enticed people, retail investors to gamble more than they maybe should. And then the, the other key, and I bet you okay. would tell people, don't play on margin. Oh, I've been very consistent about margin. Yeah. So if, if there's two pieces to the Robin Hood story on margin, I've said that, yeah. um, and they tightened up their margin right quick um, because they realized, hey, you know, getting people, I don't mind people trading on margin who can afford it. If you're like a super sophisticated investor, if you're Chamath or, you know, I don't know, you're a hedge fund, I, private equity, I don't care if you do margin. I mean, you're, you're rich, you're a true elite. Now, if you're just starting to invest. Yeah, I don't I don't like the idea of margin. Yeah. Or perhaps a margin that liquidates you very quickly and that is half the amount of your equities, right? 
So with all the equities I have, I have margin. Of course I have it. Why wouldn't I? It's, it's a de minimis amount of my net worth. And it's just a simple tool. And yes, it's a sophisticated tool. And it should only be a small percentage. And we, we went over this with crypto when we all, we all editorially and intellectually consistent. Now, the, the Robinhood gambling piece, you know, um, Robinhood incenting people to gamble is like a very broad statement. I always like to bring it down to like, can you please give me the specific? And people are like, they do confetti when you confirm a trade. And I'm like, okay. Maybe? I mean, there have been lots, there have been lots of, I'm not trying to pick a fight about Robinhood. But no, I'm fine though. But anything, uh, but there are, but gamifying, you know, I mean, there have been lots of like, they stopped the loot boxes thing in video games, like gamifying gambling. Is uh, a great, well, no, it can be investing, great, but can be great. Yeah. Investing is gambling, gambling has investing is gambling built in retail it. investing stock by stock picking is a gambling it's gambling i agree yeah i i i, I literally say when i'm j trading yeah. i'm placing a bet it's gambling exactly. this is my bet here is the bet i'm making i'm taking a gamble i'm risking so anyway I, you know but don't do it on margin do it with money you can margin. afford to lose Just it's it all margin. like it's all of a piece and that piece is freaking like why do we why is my kid learning stuff that chat gpt is going to be able to write for him and not mm. learning how to manage his money like, I don't understand why basic financial education is not a required part of school curriculum. It yeah. makes me and crazy. So makes me crazy. Here's your financial education for the day from Molly Wood, who worked at Marketplace <laughs> this week in startups and is now a venture capitalist and who grew up poor and who effed her own credit. There is nobody more credible. Her advice to you is <laughs> just <laughs> don't, don't get over your skis. No. And any of these tools are going to get you over your skis. Yes. Molly uses. Well, I don't want to get. I'll give a free ad here. She you rent the runway. What is yours? I use rent the use? runway. I love it. Molly uses rent the runway. Molly's rich. <laughs> Come on, and she's using rent the runway. I'm like Molly. Really? She's like I prefer it. It's better I for the my planet. Clothes. I look I like great. I, I you know I change my clothes every month. I'm like okay, Molly. Molly lives below her means. I live below my means. I do live below my means. That is really it's the greatest true. feeling. You know why? Because when you don't, it all falls apart. I do because nice I'm a prepper. It? Yes, me too. Isn't it nice to hit your pillow at night knowing during this financial crisis that you're covered and you're in a secure place? Yeah. It's fantastic. You could weather prepper. the storm. You use buy now, pay later. You're, you're ahead of your skis. What if there's a bump in the road? You lose your job. You get sick. Mm -hmm. God forbid you have some family member has an emergency. You know, any, any number of unexpected things can happen. God forbid. There but for the grace. So be prepared. Don't use credit build savings that's what we're telling you and uh to to matt thank you for your email 26 minutes of great content <laughs> oh, to my man. friend max levchin max come on the show <laughs> go on the pod <laughs> again i like Max. i He's emailed brilliant. i actually emailed i not emailed i interviewed max yeah. about a firm when it launched and i was like yeah. are you worried i'm gonna go find that marketplace interview because i was like are you worried that people are gonna take max. on more debt than they can afford and of course he was say? like what no no oh, okay yeah um sure it, no one ever thinks so. scale this only came up uh, this only yeah. came up because you called because us elitist. you went too far <laughs> you really did you went too far you took it too yeah. far if you yeah. did it for a laptop i'd be okay if you did it you know for vacations and cars i was like mm. But if you start doing it for milk and eggs, sorry, I'm going to just call it what it is. Yeah. It's predatory. 
affirm or starve is not that's not a good argument hey max was on episode 794 four years ago four years ago he must have been on marketplace around the same time all right i'll find find that interview we'll find it later all right let's do uh, real quick another victory lap for j cal another god i'm just like it's trigger jason day (laughs) no i like this i like a fight this weekend i know i know he loves a fight senator marco rubio if it's virtuous and sometimes even if it's not sometimes it's fun to fight Okay. Um, Senator Marco Rubio and Congressman Mike Gallagher have introduced bipartisan legislation to ban TikTok in the United States. This, of course, is not the first time mm. that TikTok has been in the crosshairs of the United States government. Uh, mm-hmm. Donald Trump's during Donald Trump's presidency, there were attempts to force the sale of TikTok, uh, and then now this legislation mm-hmm. is called the averting the national threat of internet surveillance oppressive censorship and influence and algorithmic learning by the chinese communist party act yes. or anti-social ccp love it Let's i always go. want to know like how many hours they spend on these on these I'm, names you know what i love a good branding i'm going to give anti-social ccp i'm going to give it a b plus i could yeah. do better i'll workshop it um ccp don't tread on me boom yeah, but then there's you couldn't your, call it a, the, That's an A minus. Averting the national threat of internet surveillance, oppressive censorship, and influence and algorithmic learning by the Chinese Communist Party Act. Perfect. You, it's got to be. A, it's got to be a. Come on, man. An anagram or whatever. Quote from Regist- Re- Representative Gallagher: TikTok is digital fentanyl that's Correct. addicting Americans, collecting troves of their data and censoring their news. Digital fentanyl. I there's literally like a lot used of real fentanyl on the streets. I'm just saying. Anyway, the point yes. is that th- that's addicting. It's addicting. It definitely is. And uh, it's going to be a bummer for the, I don't know, six weeks during which it goes away. And then it's going to be built into every other product. It's going to be in Twitter. No, I'm not making an official announcement. I don't work there. It's going to be built into, it's already built into YouTube. It's built into Instagram. It's built into everything. <laughs> and um, I, so, I you're, so you think it's going to get banned? I am... You're leaping ahead to it is going I, to happen. It's yeah, going to be bad. I think it's the 90% case. I mean, listen, Man, I do Apple not. This is, is the literal chips. opposite of buying votes. This is flushing votes down the toilet. There's no chance they ban TikTok. Uh, oh, uh, okay. Um, I under I appreciate that uh, position. Here's what I'll say. The, it, we're, we're sh- here's the here's the stick. We're mm-hmm. banning it. And then here's like the carrot or here's the exactly. exit ramp. Yeah. As we talked about previously. Okay, we're going to divest. It's going to be in America. It's going to be on American servers. We'll cash in our chips and it's not going to use the algorithm in China. And, you know, there's that's it. But to the people who are working there, honestly, the people who are working at TikTok, I really do think you're all traitors. I, I, I just want you all to quit en masse. I know it's hard to do, but get other jobs. I, I really think it's treasonous to support this company. Um, I have a friend, way, you know, uh, check yeah. out. Uh, there's a really great trend right now of sororities doing really cool dance moves. So check it out on TikTok. <laughs> I mean, it's addicting. My this brother, addicting. my brother just had his um, Kia broken into because oh. apparently a trend on TikTok is to show how there are certain models of Kia that you can steal using a USB stick. So some friends of his had their car stolen. Got it. Doing this, and I mean, you know, whatever. Not every TikTok's social, world. every social no. platform causes major issues at scale because scale can be yeah. uh, very problematic. I have one friend who I consider my bellwether of like okay. things have things have now made it to the mainstream. Like she's kind of mm-hmm. my darling friend who's like never really up on stuff. Mm-hmm. Um and she 
texted me two nights ago and was like, dude, I deleted TikTok from my phone. I just felt like it was taking so much of my time and it was leading me to like a really dark place. And it would be this weird. She's like, I just I started watching TikToks about that murder in Idaho. And then that's really dark content. But then I just felt like it was serving me, you know, and like two hours would be gone. And I mean, I think people are legitimately starting to worry about TikTok. I think this is like, this is going to be an interesting, if this advances, if this bill advances, and I don't know if it will, because there's going to be a lot of pressure of the kind that you've talked about from investors in TikTok, from, you know, people who want kids to vote. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Like there's going to be a lot of pushback, I think, on this bill. But it is a real game of chicken with the CCP to see to what extent they would be willing to give up control over the algorithm or move parts of it to the US. I really think this should have been an executive order. Um, I think it's a national security issue. That That's my personal belief. I, you know, I, because you know what? I pay attention. Because I'm paying attention. Sometimes the biggest crimes and frauds and attack vectors are just obvious. They've already targeted people. They've already used it to manipulate just open your eyes people they look at the society they're living in look at how they track their own citizens where their adversary how dumb are you people who don't believe this is happening you have to be a complete and utter moron who's not paying attention to not think that the ccp would track their rivals us when they do it to their own citizens i mean the end you know who's not stupid social platform India yeah. banned this stuff immediately. They're yeah. like, oh yeah, no, you want to spy on us? No, sorry, you don't get to well, spy on us. <laughs> it doesn't exist in China. China doesn't let its own citizens use this. Because they know it's bad for them. Yeah. I they mean, every social media platform at scale is a vector mm-hmm. for disinformation and state-sponsored attack. Full stop. And they're all being yes. used in that way. And yes. TikTok is more vulnerable than most. Which and I still why... don't think there's any universe in which it gets banned in the US. <laughs> no, it's, 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 it's going to get divested uh, or banned. I yeah. believe it. I believe it. Look at the tensions right now, man. We're we're Apple is moving iPhone iPhone 14 production is happening in India for people in India where he mo- he's moving t- uh TM uh TMSC mm-hmm. is TSMC. Uh, T I'm sorry, thank you. TSMC is now uh doing uh chips uh what what did, what did Tim Cook say he's going to do them in um Arizona, I believe. Yeah. So, you know, the the what they call it uh, uncoupling yeah, decoupling uncoupling is here. This is going to be part of the overall uncoupling of our partnership with China. It's going to be interesting times. Interesting times yeah. ahead. It's, you know, this is a, I will say, this is one of those where like the messenger is tough for me to, it's like, if it weren't Rubio. Uh, here's the thing. <laughs> if it weren't yeah. Rubio writing things in the Washington Post, right. like right. Biden wants you to all use TikTok and move to China. It's like, ugh. however, you know, whatever. However, this is, this is a real conversation. Yeah, but you're being intellectually honest here. It, it is hard sometimes to see who the messenger is. That's why it's important to remember it's bipartisan. When you said that guy, I don't know, Gallagher or something who called the fentanyl, I don't even remember his name. Yeah. I, I don't know if he's, if he's a Republican or Democrat. I just know I happen to agree with his opinion. So right. for Americans, we need to let this partisan stuff go away when we're talking about a rivalry with China. This is a dangerous, dicey situation. I'm sorry, Rubio's triggering. I'm no, sorry, it's not Trump. even just that Rubio's triggering. It's that like, it's it's all it's some version of propaganda. There's always some prop. There's propaganda on top of the propaganda, and propaganda about the oh. propaganda, and 
It's, did he bring up Biden and Biden's done a bad job or did he make it bipartisan? Yes, no, the whole, the whole Washington, well, the, the bill they say is bipartisan because they got a Democrat okay. to sign on. But his whole Washington Post like editorial about how we need to ban uh-huh. TikTok was like, unlike Biden who wants it to ruin our kids and blah, blah, blah. And it's just like, uh-huh. so that's he, look, dumb... at that point, at that mm. point, it's like the email from Matt, right? I'm like, you know what? You got, you have a leg to stand on here. Yes. Hey, don't shoot yourself in the foot. Like, don't you, shoot yourself you, in the foot. Take the win. Take the win. It's bipartisan. Take the You're win. You're standing on the leg. Why would you shoot the foot? You need the foot. You know, sometimes I have this in my, you know, um, <laughs> you know, discussions with other friends, besties, in fact, when I'm like, this doesn't necessarily relate to any presidential administration. Right. Let's just talk about this from first principles. Do we want a communist country to have access to our kids' location exactly. and, their, and their photo albums? No. No. We want them to have an Not algorithm. Not just because they're communists, but because they're like d- a declared a rival, rival, let's say, at best like to the United right States. Yeah, rival's a, rival. a good word. They're a rival. They're, they're our primary rival in the world. We can't give exactly. them this kind of advantage. And they're known for behaving badly inside their own country with the same equivalent, right? So you just intellectual honesty is important here. And the more we can make things not partisan, you know, I really like to make things, uh, I always ask people to switch the names of people in these arguments, right? Uh, with a Republican or a Democrat or, or your, your left, right, AB, black, white, whatever, whatever you're trying to get a, across, just switch the genders, switch the nationality, switch the whatever. And just say, how would it feel? And it, 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 it's often eye-opening, right? Mm-hmm. It's often eye-opening. Yeah, definitely. If it was Russia or North Korea and not China. Right. What would we think about TikTok? Right. No If chance. it was North Korea, people would be like, get that out of here. Yes. Okay. Yep. North Korea is less of a threat to us than China. So we're done. Yeah. We're done here, folks. And if it was China and it was the United States, you'd, or you already have that question answered because they don't allow Twitter, Facebook you know any, or any tiktok or even <laughs> so, like, like china's like it's fentanyl they're like bingo china's like all right china's <laughs> like heard that he's like bingo he's like yeah, yeah that's how we designed it. it nailed it you guys are not going to see the missiles coming because you're just going to be like look at the huskies by the way I mean, pig's like by the way we also make your fentanyl right. <laughs> we're sending that to america too <laughs> like bingo. china's literally like you guys Wake can't up, use social media exactly they can they let them play like one game they let them play games for like two hours on the weekends and then on their tiktok whatever the equivalent is they're like here's some really great math problems mm-hmm. hey folks wake up <laughs> the two <laughs> worst things for our populace right now are fentanyl and tiktok they're both come out of china i'm gonna argue all social media but okay i mean yeah, i really argument like sincerely how many hours a day if you if you do if you do social media purposefully for one hour a day i think mm-hmm. you're good when you get past the one hour mark i think it starts having uh, a bad effect on you oh 100 percent. and then some more than others i mean where where tiktok i would argue is a little worse than others is in the insight in the the speed at which you can lose that hour gone it's unbelievable and it's like just I mean, keep going just 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 keep going I, I had it the other night. I'm watching White it's Lotus terrifying. and it's, I'm watching the uh, end of White Lotus and there's some like musical interlude thing and they're showing waves and I just reflexively, you know, opened Twitter and then I opened uh, TikTok because mm. I wanted to hear about the Sam Bankman fraud stuff because I was like, well, I wonder what the reaction is on the two social networks. And I had to stop myself and I'm like, wait a second. I love this show. The show is visually stunning. Mm-hmm. What the F am I doing here? I'm so addicted to Twitter and fentanyl. I'm sorry, TikTok. I had to just put the phone down, 
They're rewound e- 10 they're minutes. equally fentanyl. You got to come on. Of course they are. One's intellectual fentanyl, one's visual fentanyl. Mm-hmm. It, it's like and one hour a day. That's my new rule. One hour a day. Yeah. Boom. I, I'm trying to hit that myself. One hour a day. Listen, it's and it's critical for our business, I believe. You know, when you're a media person. It is, honestly, like that's the dilemma. Like do. Twitter makes me feel bad mm-hmm. and also is yeah. necessary for the job that I do now, which is an interesting, actually, which is a great segue mm-hmm. into today's next unicorn oh, interview, okay. so good. Yeah. which but you is, also launched a Substack, right? And so you have reclaimed I'm trying some to amount break, of social time. Yes. 100% writing, trying so to break the cycle and create mm-hmm. instead of consume. Rachel well, and I had this great conversation yeah. actually about how the, the other decoupling that's happening right now is social from media. TikTok is media. Yeah, Twitter media. is media. Mostly yeah. what I do, a very small number of people mm. contribute and create yes. on Twitter and the vast, vast majority consume. Same with TikTok. Yeah. And Correct. Substack to me, that's, that is actually, it's, act of it's creating. It's an, yeah, by it's the way, creation. great tip on the chat thing. Oh my God, the chat is so fun. I saw that. Yeah. I just want to give a shout out to Substack. They've been working on that product for a while. It's and fantastic. I, I signed up two years ago and it was like kind of clunky and yeah, this is pretty base, pretty, pretty basic. And then I checked on it like last year and I was like, well, this is mid. And then I checked on it with the app and um, I was like, okay, this is an excellent product now. So I I, I fired up, I moved my stuff off another mail service provider because it it had like all the powerful features that I don't need for an occasional email and it was expensive and Substack's free. And I'm like, well, you can't beat the price of free. And then I promote your Substack and I don't know if you promote mine yet. I do. But we start, oh, thank you. Um, So... I saw when I looked in it, I was like, oh, I got Molly nine subscribers. I felt great. I was like, mm-hmm. oh, so pe- somebody signed up. You know, I had whatever, 20 people sign up for mine. When you sign up for mine, it upsells you on Molly's. So I was like, well, that's interesting. Good feature, Substack. Yeah. But the, what you're referring to. And you is, can choose um, who you. Ooh, yes. I don't know if this shout will show out. there, but you can choose who you shout out, like who you want to be on yeah, your. You yeah, you pick. But you, this you page also probably won't show um, it, but. are talking about this chat thing. And there's a really cool chat feature mm-hmm. where. Um, if you sign up for mollywood.substack.com or calacanis.substack.com or twistartups.substack.com, there's a chat room in the app. And I saw you had 26 replies to your first, uh, you know, mention yeah. there. And then I got a bunch of replies. And I'm like, oh, okay, well, this is interesting. It's like the 0.01% of your email list can like chat to you about the last thing you wrote. They can't right. start threads, but they can reply to your thread, which and is a nice feature. genuinely social. Like it feels fun. It's nice. not like people just yelling at you. It's like you've started mm-hmm. a conversation, which is kind of what the best social of media social. used to be. It's mm-hmm. really interesting. Like we're going back to we're going back to some basics. However, influencer oh, yeah. culture uh-huh. and the creator economy, okay, not going anywhere at all. No. And I had a very interesting. I cannot wait for you to hear this because I'm really curious to hear what you're gonna right yeah. gonna think about this interview with uh, Cole Mason, the founder and CEO of PearPop, which is a marketplace for social collaborations. So basically, oh. it's a self-serve. This did not exist before. And by the way, the investors in this thing are like A-list. Can we drop some of those in? It's like Mark Cuban and Jake Paul and Amy Schumer. And I mean, it's just sort of every Alexis Ohanian's firm led their big Series A, $300 million valuation. Wow. And it's a marketplace where a brand can say, okay, I want to reach you know, a hundred micro influencers to create Mm -hmm. this surround sound vibe that everybody's talking about my thing. So they put up what is effectively like a project brief that's presented Mm -hmm. as a challenge, like TikTok. I mean, it's all using the language of creators. 
And then creators can be like, I'll do the one for Chipotle. I'll do the one for Nike. I'll do the one for Kleenex. Oh, yeah. I've seen and this idea before. Then Somebody they get had created this previously. It didn't work, though. But I, I saw oh, really? this startup idea before. Yeah. So basically, it's like... It's like Uber um, or Airbnb, but to connect creators and brands. Yeah. So that that has existed for a while. And then here, it's like a contest. So who, is it whoever wins or 100% of people get paid? It's not paid? a contest. It's just that the every 100% of people get paid and they get paid based on their performance. Perfect. So it's the like performance combining of the social creation with affiliate revenue and a, like a little payment. Yeah. So if, yeah. So this takes the long tail of um, influencers and gives mm -hmm. them the ability to participate like Kim Kardashian when she's paying her million dollar fine for crypto scams. Right. <laughs> I'm joking. Exactly. But, it, you know, a non-crypto scam. If but she yeah, was, I mean, it says like you've got maybe a million followers and a brand hasn't found you yet and sent you an email, mm -hmm. but right. you go onto this platform and you can yeah. find campaigns that work for you. And then their right. their next evolution right, is yeah. to create a scenario in which like I as a customer of mm -hmm. let's say rent the runway rent would get could go on this platform and get mm. paid almost like a loyalty program yes. to for reviewing the thing that I actually bought. So everyone mm. becomes a what creator. What if you write a bad review? No, that's yeah, that's not. No, this is mm. like this is not that. This is like yeah, this is being a spokesperson. You get to secure the bag and be a spokesperson. And it turns right every here. single person on yeah. social media into a spokesperson, which I have lots of. Have you been asked to do that? Have you ever done a spokesperson thing? I just got asked and I'm considering it. Really? For a brand. I've only gotten like kind of ones that I think are a little like, Err. I get a lot of yeah. those like, oh, yeah, this no, jewelry are, thing or the blah, blah, blah. I've never, I haven't gotten like a real one. Like I went for a product I love that oh. I talk about all the time. And they were like, hey, would, could we use you in our ads? And I was like, uh, I'm already mm -hmm. doing free ads for you. They're like, yeah, but if we took a clip of you saying something nice about us and then we used it as an ad. And I was like, Huh. It's yeah. a bit sellouty. But like, isn't that what Gwyneth See? Paltrow and George Clooney and everybody else does? Like I guess that means I'm um, becoming a bit of a celebrity. My my You're endorsement matters. That this is what well, I think. Influencer is, so... is like I you know, know that's much. straight up influencer. That's a hundred percent influencer. Influencers in your feed. This is like they use me in an ad campaign. Hi, I'm right. you know, Hassan Minaj. For Hassan did something for like T-Mobile or something. And I saw it and I was like, Hassan, mm -hmm. congrats on getting paid. <laughs> I literally well, had that reaction. I was like, Has Hassan, you're you're doing you're paid for this. Yeah. You're doing T-Mobile, whatever it was at Verizon. I can't remember. And I was like, good this for you. This is why I actually felt good for him. And this is why and Americans are not I think that's what's so provocative about this conversation is that they all want authenticity mm -hmm. and they all want to pay you to be a spokesperson in some way that will be yep. authentic. And so at Correct. some point, nothing is authentic anymore. But this is why celebs make all the money doing this in Tokyo and Japan because or in, to yeah. in Japan and, and China, China yeah. because like we have this sort of purity vibe about it. But I think creator yeah. economy is making all of that go away. Like yeah. now, if I hear somebody talking about something they like, I just assume they're getting paid. And by the way, yeah. no rent the runway. It's still not paying me. <laughs> uh, I, no, I mean. We have a version of this. There's a hybrid to this, which is obviously um, host red ads that we do here. Yeah. But host red ads are not endorsements because it's very nuanced. They've asked, can I take the ad from this week in startups and then play it somewhere else? It's like, no, 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 no. You didn't pay for that. No. You paid for me to read you an ad here. All good. And, you know, we say no to a bunch of people. It's fine. Like, we're not, I'm back in the day, people wanted me to do e-cigarettes. Um, but, uh, yeah, this is kind of an interesting one. I'm, 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 I might do it. I might do, do it. it. Nothing matters I might do anymore. It as a, it's not Montclair. <laughs> I wish it was. <laughs> no, it's just, you know, and I, uh, 
if I had a positive outcome because of this yeah. product, and I'm already talking about it. Right. If you're already doing it, you might as well get paid. I mean, that's kind of where I landed at the end of this interview, which you'll hear is like, well, I'm already doing it. And they're always begging everybody. Every brand is now begging me to write a review, yeah, which is free sure. labor on my part. Yeah, no, no. So no, maybe be like, pay now. me. I have a strategy for um, my Yelp reviews now. If I really like a restaurant. Yeah. Like, and it's hard to get reservations. I follow them on social. And uh, then I will uh, take my Yelp review. I'll write a nice comment on their social from Jason Calacan. Now, you know, on Yelp, it puts like your first name and your last initial, right? So you'd be Molly W. But I use the same uh, avatar now, or I have to actually update it. But I was using the same avatar, the same, you know, avatar image. I guess I'm also going to avatar, but my same profile photo. Because so, now all of these uh, restaurants are looking at the comments and they're looking yeah. at the followers and the likes. And I'm verified now on Instagram. Somebody verified me because that's so much spam. The verification then, they know who I am at the restaurant. This is very powerful on reservations. Then I write just a really, if I like the place, I write a really considered review. Just two sentences, three sentences. And I was like, this was a shockingly well-constructed menu. And it happens to be the best uh, Italian in Lake Tahoe. I was delighted to find this quality in my ski town. Um, pay particular attention to the fresh made pastas. Uh, it literally took me, you know, like two minutes to write this because I'm a writer and I'm good at this. And so I write that. I follow the account. And then in my phone book, I write the name of the hostess and the owner who I met. And I put it in my phone book. Every time You're I walk so in, I look at up their names. Yeah. I come in. And I'm like, Juliana. How are you doing? We're back up for the season. The I, I saw the fresh made pasta. You're making the cavatelli now in the back on Instagram. She's like, yeah. Oh, you follow the Instagram. I was like, absolutely. I, I mentioned it in my Yelp review. Bang. J. Cal. See immediately. Unbelievable. Boom. Here's your complimentary dessert. This Bang. is how you do it, Boom. kids. I'm just telling you, this is this I, is I, how you do it. You see, you're all sitting there. You're all sitting there irritating everybody all around you with your pictures and your influencer hat or whatever. No, no, no. This is how you do it. This is just a, a life hack. And Take I, a lesson. But remember, I told you my daughter was really upset about me bribing. Bribing. I.e. tipping the yeah. hostess or the, yeah. the maitre d'. Uh, this is now I don't have to tip or host the maitre d'. I just said uh, do a little splashy cashy on the old Yelp review. Exactly. I only do it for restaurants I like. If I don't like a restaurant, I'm not going back. So I don't Social need to do Social engineering. A little, let's just a call it a high five. It's like a, a high, high five. five. You Frankly, know, like, they'd listen, probably prefer the 20 bucks, but... You know, if that's the way you want Every, him to do it, kiddo. I still give the 20. I'm being honest. I just don't let my daughter see it. I'm like, oh, London, check that out. And then I just whoop, zip, zip in the 20 before she sees it. Uh, but, you know, when I mentioned Miller and Lux on this show, I literally yeah. had somebody who's like, I'm going to Miller and Lux tonight. Will you be there? And I'm like, I've You're mentioned like, I'm not it there twice. every night. <laughs> I, I don't work there. I'm not there every night. <laughs> the funny part about it was I was going there that night. <laughs> <laughs> oh really? I you were like, like, no, yes, definitely but I not. I didn't reply to the guy. Sorry, I forgot to reply that back is... to them. But I literally was going that night. And tonight he said, "Hey, I'm going to get a hamburger at the bar. If there, if you're going to be there, let me know." And I, I apologize to the fan who, if they, I'm sure they're going to hear this, I am sorry. Uh, but yeah, because <laughs> he is there every uh, night. Hey, Molly, we, were, we were supposed to do 20 minutes. We did an hour. I know. I just love we're doing just the show. We're just having with so you. much fun. I love doing the show. With it's you. a damn okay? delight. It just it's a damn is. Delight. 
It is. All right, All right everybody. So we'll see enjoy you. this uh, interview. We'll see you tomorrow. And we'll see you tomorrow. Cole Mason is founder and CEO of Pear Pop. Cole, thanks so much for joining us on The Next Unicorn. Cole, you're a next unicorn. Congratulations in advance. And thanks for coming on the show. Thanks so much for having me, Molly. I, I've, I've been, a, been a fan of the show for a while, so I'm excited to be able to, to participate. Awesome. Well, um, let's start with the basics. Tell us about PearPop and what it does. Yeah, so our, our mission at PearPop is to help creators earn a living doing what they love. PearPop is the world's first self-service creator marketing platform. So when you look at how influencer marketing has evolved over the years, five years ago, it just started becoming prominent where brands would primarily book mainstream celebrities as a brand awareness play, but it continued to move further and further down funnel throughout the years, where then brands were booking large YouTube creators. But with the rise of TikTok, brands started focusing on booking micro creators, but there wasn't a scalable way to do it. Influencer marketing was highly manual, unpredictable, and frankly, just unaccountable. So with PearPop, we're creating the next evolution of how brands are doing influencer marketing. So we start with the what. So it's what do you want everyone in the world to be saying about your product? And that's the video brief. And then let's take Chipotle. So Chipotle would go in and go through certain filters and they'll say, I only want food creators within 15 miles of my Chipotle with a primarily female audience between the ages of 18 to 24. And when they put in their budget, we can actually tell them how many views the campaign will get, how many actions the campaign will drive, and how many creators are going to participate because we actually pay the creators on a performance basis. Okay. So we're solving two of the hardest problems. One, we're connecting the right creators to the right brand. And then two, we're aligning the incentives between the brand and the creator by paying the creators out on a performance basis. So if the creator has an awesome video, they're able to earn more. Um, and on the brand side, they're incentivizing good content. And how do you find creators to be on the platform? Like, do creators just sort of sign up? Like, what is the the acquisition strategy for both brands and creators? So, do you do any vetting on the creator oh, yeah. side? Yeah, yeah, of course, of course. So, we've been super fortunate. Now we have over two hundred thousand creators that are using Parapop, and we yeah. launched about two years ago. A lot of it has been organic. We we ate our own dog food to say we, we did influencer marketing in the early days, which actually spiked a lot of our creator growth, where when, when you look at it on the creator side, there wasn't a lot of earning opportunities for creators. I mean, there's a ton of creators with over 1 million followers on TikTok, a ton of creators with over 1 million followers on Instagram. So there just isn't enough manpower to be able to go through and find the right creator for your brand. So a lot of these creators weren't getting brand deals. The, mm -hmm. the model before us was to just kind of hope and pray that you were going to get something in your inbox that month. So you weren't able to say, hey, I'm going to make this X amount per month. Um, you just, you had no clue. So yeah. with, with Parapod, just creating the solution alone where if you are a food creator and you're signing up and you can get opportunities that match you as a creator, it, it, the service speaks for itself, right? It's, especially when... Linktree did a survey where they found out that 88% of their creators make less than 50K a year. So when you're going to these creators and you're, and you're offering them a value to allow them to earn a living doing what they love, uh, the, the product just kind of speaks for itself. But we've done mm -hmm. a few, 
things throughout the journey. Um, we went through and, and sent our opportunities through the TikTok creator marketplace, as well as doing influencer marketing, um, as well as emailing different creators that fit specific briefs. Like if we have a uh, music campaign that's from Sean Mendez, we can we'll send it out to folks who have followed Sean Mendez. Um, so we've we've done some kind of growth hacky things throughout the journey. But a lot of it has been word of mouth and through our referral program. Well, and it is interesting that this uh, has not existed previously. Like, it seems like the, you're solving the problem of either there is zero solution, <laughs> except the, the wait for the inbox, you know, the email and the mm -hmm. wait to get discovered. Like, I'm walking down the street in L.A. and yeah. hopefully somebody will, you know, drive by in that limo or a, a much more traditional route of agency representation. Right. It is pretty strange. I remember so when I wanted to start Parapop, my my backstory is when I was little, I I played a ridiculous amount of hours of Call of Duty and I, I made Call of Duty montages. My my goal as a kid was I wanted to be in FaZe Clan. So I would post my YouTube videos and I got zero traction. It was it was devastating. Uh wasn't able to get the viewership or the followers, but I studied day and night on how to grow my social. And uh, when I was a, a senior in high school, I got signed by Ford Models. So I moved from Texas to New York. And again, I, I, I fell into the boat where I had to grow my Instagram because brands were looking to book models as it's, it's like a dual expense where you get some marketing from the model as well. So I was trying to grow my, my Instagram. And throughout just trying to be a creator myself, I realized the pain point because at, at some point I, I, I gathered enough of an audience that I thought, man. If I, if I posted about a company, I, I would like to be paid for this. I mean, granted, I didn't have a ton of followers. Um, so I went through and when I had the idea for, for Parapop, I shared it with all of my friends, my family. I wanted to make sure it was worthwhile. And everyone I, I brought it up to immediately understood what mm -hmm. I was building. And I knew it was a good idea because it, people didn't just say, oh, that's like a decent idea. It, it built energy in people where they would come back and they were like, hey, I think that Parapop thing is actually really big. And they would come back with like specific feedback. But when I went to go release it, I got the same feedback from, from the market. I mean, when, when we first launched, Guy Siri, who is uh, my co-founder, cold mm -hmm. emailed me and was like, this is something that I've been wanting to build for years. Um, I'm going to be your partner in this. We'll we'll figure it out later uh, mm. in terms of like deal terms or or whatever. And we've just been running at it since. But it is pretty crazy that it did not e exist before. Yeah, I mean, I'm looking at your investor list, and it's it reads like you know it's straight out of Us Weekly, which is a really old lady reference, I know. But it's Gary Vaynerchuk, Mark Cuban, Diddy, Snoop Dogg, mm. Kevin Durant, Kevin Hart. Is it literally just? the right idea at the right time? Or do you also have some magical Rolodex to just call every A-lister and be like, I'll take a check? Well, so before I started Parapop, I had a Rolodex on the creator front. So I knew a lot of the larger creators, but I didn't know Gary Vaynerchuk or, or Mark Cuban. It was a mix of, of, of a few things. One, when Guy came in as my co-founder, he brought in a lot of these heavy hitters. And it was the same conversation mm -hmm. with them as, as it and was, he was with Guy. We should probably, I, sorry to interrupt. We should probably say that he was a promoter and a manager before, right? Who managed Madonna yes. and U2 and managed Correct. Amy Schumer, right? Who's an investor. Okay. Yes. Yeah. Just so people are um, to level set oh, how 100%. he had that. <laughs> yep. Please yeah, continue. I mean, Guy is, Guy is so connected. 
But it was the same conversation with everyone that we chatted with. I mean, Gary Vaynerchuk got it immediately. Mm-hmm. Everyone we spoke to understood it immediately. And I mean, there were like five minute calls, 10 minute calls with um, Gary B and, and all of these folks. People just understood what we were building and they wanted to participate because we're also, when you look at the, on the creator side, influencer marketing typically just went to um, creators with really large followings because it took a lot of manpower to, to book influencers. Mm-hmm. So it didn't make sense to go out and book a thousand mid-tier creators or long tail creators. It needed to have a software solution. So we're also spreading the money that would typically go to these large creators with really no performance side to it. And we're kind of separating that money from just the large creators to then everyone with a, with a social media account. Well, it seems like the possibly among the unlocks here also is that brands want to work with these smaller creators, which might not have, I could imagine that not necessarily being obvious if you're from a really traditional agency background, for Mm -hmm. example. Well, yeah, hundred percent. Because I think the world is still figuring out how to do social marketing and Mm -hmm there's like this definition of an influencer or creator. Like when you think of what is a creator, everyone has a different answer. Some people will say, oh, it's Jake Paul or, oh, it's this person with 50,000 followers. But what the world is moving to is with authenticity and scale in mind, in the future, it's not going to, influencer marketing isn't going to just be those, what we're defining creators as today. It's going to be everyone in the world. Our, our goal at Pop is to unlock the value of every social media user on the planet because word of mouth is so powerful. It's not just reserved for the people who've built up this large following. It's, it's for everyone. Like Molly, you, you have people who trust you and that you've built a good rapport with. And if you're talking about a, a taco shop that's down the street, someone is going to listen mm-hmm. and go to the taco shop. Um, and right. that is worth something right you have so you're saying i should sign up i should get on the platform i I think you should definitely (laughs) sign up yes it's all about electric cars that's all i'm ever trying to sell i'm ever trying to sell so how how has the industry evolved even since you started pair pop like do you feel like you're a catalyst for the Mm -hmm. industry or you know are there evolutions that you're like oh we better get on that so i think when when you're when you're building in social, you have to build two to three steps ahead. Because if you're building for right now, you're going to get left behind. I think Parapop Challenges was the first evolution in influencer marketing. Our, and tell our us how feature, that works. That's the, that's the, yeah, exactly. Tell us how that works. Yeah. So, so Parapop Challenges, again, is if you take the Chipotle case where yep. they're going in and again, they're starting with the what. So it's what do you want everyone in the world to be saying about Chipotle? We, we did a challenge for Chipotle's watermelon limeade, right? So they put in their video brief about what they wanted creators to say about Chipotle's new watermelon limeade. And then they had a local community go into Chipotle and then talk about their watermelon limeade. But they were able to do it at scale and have a specific subset of creators go in that that were going to match this. um, They were going to match who they wanted to get to talk about their watermelon limeade. We we do stuff with music artists where Post Malone can go and when he has a new song releasing a a lot of uh, launch or releasing a new single is you need 
discovery is on TikTok now, right? So you have to get this surround sound effect around a song. And you're not going to get that by paying one or two or five very large creators. You need um, the surround sound from all of the community to be talking about this new song. So when Post Malone goes and puts in a challenge on Pear Pop and gets 980 creators to post about his new single, it creates this sense that something is happening here, right? It doesn't look forced. It looks more authentic. I think... One thing that I've been focusing on and I think is, is the next evolution of where social marketing is, is moving to is we have a new feature called Ovation coming out. One, one of the, the most common requests we've gotten from brands is they actually want their own customers to be their advocates. So mm-hmm. when we went to T-Mobile or Starbucks or Proactive, they all want their customers to be able to talk about them, right. which... Before us, th- there wasn't a way to do that at scale. And that's like whether or not those customers have a big audience or following. Correct. Okay. So mm-hmm. with Ovation, challenges, they're targeting subsets of our creator community. Ovation, they're going to be targeting subsets of their customer base, right? So like when you take Nike, right? Nike has different subsets of, of their community where you have the folks that are buying running shoes. You have different folks who are buying um, skating shoes. Different, different groups of people, right? An ovation is basically, it's like a private challenge link that they're sending to the person who just bought this running shoe and they can talk about how it shaved off a few seconds off of their mile time. Or with Starbucks, they could send an ovation link to their customers who have over 150 stars and just got a custom free drink for using their stars. And they can talk about how the, the stars made that possible. But it's about... Mm-hmm. The future of influencer marketing isn't going to be bucketed in what we define today as a professional creator or influencer. You need to open it up where everyone is going to be able to post about you. Right. And then you get that for us. Which makes a ton of sense because of what you just said about needing scale to give a sense of because attention is so divided that what you need is like a mass movement, all the fish swimming in the same direction. Yeah, I mean, there, there's a few different benefits to it. I mean, one is the SEO benefit. If when, when people search your brand and they're able to see everyone talking about this specific product, and then two, you're able to see, because it is more authentic, you're getting actual customers talking right. about right. using your product and shaving off a few seconds from their mile time. It has a different ring to it. It just wasn't possible before. So I'm really excited about Ovation and bringing the next evolution. But I do think challenges was a catalyst and and just taking the space forward. And then ovation is going to be the next step where we're just pushing the ball even further. I like to dig a little more into that, the kind of philosophical part of that, the authenticity, because I think there is, there is a little bit of maybe influencer exhaustion out there in the market. And Mm -hmm. so I could see why if you're looking at where the puck is going, authenticity at scale, feels like the right thing to sort of keep to to reach audiences in a way that is more real yeah so i mean on the influencer exhaustion point it it's actually pretty funny it's uh it's a lot that. of the brands work with the same influencers like the same influencers are doing every single brand 
Um, right. If you open up <laughs> so the no ability, wonder we're tired of them. <laughs> of course. Yeah. And it's like if you if you open it up where everyone can make money from there. I'm everyone has those four to five brands they really support, right? Mm-hmm. Um I I like to buy my clothes from James Pierce, right? I would love to talk about, I love their clothes, right? And I would be willing to talk about that. Yeah. Um, But if you open it up and it it does have a different ring of authenticity to it when you're not just looking at it as a brand awareness play of, I want this creator um, to talk about my brand. They may not use me. You want your actual customers to be talking about you. it's, It's so much more real. And at scale, if... Just if you ask yourself the simple question, right, which is, do you see value in having your customers be advocates? I mean, the, this, the answer is yes, right? Like you would want, if, if only one brand in the world was allowed to have, uh, like imagine Amazon was the only brand in the world that was able to have everyone in the world talking about how Amazon has made their life better. They would, I mean, it would be a huge, uh, they would have a lot of leverage over every other brand. Mm-hmm. So I think opening the ability to where everyone could just talk about the brands and the companies that they support is is, is going to be big and allowing them to monetize. I think it's almost like yeah. the brands are giving back to their community. Well, that was my next question. So creators get paid. Creators do not pay to be on the platform. No. So and then they get paid for whatever campaign they engage in. It's performance based. And then it, is it also a set take rate? So on the, on the creator side, like, let's say you sign up today and you're a food creator, right? Mm-hmm. When you, when you sign in, <clears throat> you would then see different opportunities that fit you as a creator. So you would see a Chipotle challenge, a Panera Bread challenge, maybe a, a song challenge that is just so easy plug and play that you can put into your, into your daily content schedule. And then you'll see You'll go through the different challenges, then you can enter them and you'll see what you're going to get paid per view or per action. Like with mm. Panera Bread, they'll, they pay creators per download they drive to their unlimited sip club or Chipotle. It could be they're getting paid per view talking about the watermelon limeade. But for them, they'll just go through the different opportunities, see what the pay is for those challenges and they can enter as many as, as, as they want. Um, one, one stat that I'm really proud of is so we're set to by the end of the year pay out 10 million to creators and 71 percent of those payouts have gone to creators with with under 1 million followers so we are unlocking earning opportunities for a variety of creators who when i'm when i'm doing interviews with a lot of our, our creators a lot of them have not received any brand deals before getting on parapop which is pretty crazy yeah uh, I mean, we have people with 50,000 followers making $50,000 on Parapop and they were not able to get any earning opportunities before. So it's, it's a, that's amazing. It's a crazy space. I think it was just so underdeveloped. So I mean, we don't have a shortage of ideas over here. There's so much to build in this space uh, and we're just getting started. So I'm excited to see um, where, where we continue to build into, especially in, into next year. Tell me more about why you think it was underdeveloped. Like, I'm, I, why wouldn't YouTube do this? Like, it seems mm-hmm. actually, I mean, it, they've already got like a self-serve ad network. It sort of feels like could have taken two engineers and, you know, done so, some version of this. Do they just not understand? <laughs> I don't think it's that they don't understand it. Yeah. I, I don't know if they're incentivized to do it. They yeah. have an awesome way to make money, which is you sell ads through the platform, right? Mm-hmm. Which they, their margins are a lot. 
right? If they then have to do our model and they're distributing uh, majority to the creators, that, that definitely hits their margins a little bit. So they're just not incentivized to do it. Mm-hmm. Um, that's a, I think we had, we came in at the perfect timing. I think we had a golden opportunity to come in. And I think our biggest benefit is actually being omni-platform where we're on TikTok, we're on Instagram, we're on Twitter, we're going to be on YouTube and Twitch in, in Q1. Um, but I think being on omni-platform, because brands aren't just on TikTok and they're not right. just on YouTube. And the same thing goes in the creators. Like creators aren't just on YouTube and they're not just on Twitch. So allowing those opportunities where the brand, it's a one-stop shop where they can come in, go across all platforms. The creators can see earning opportunities across all of their platforms. I think is our biggest advantage. Um, right. But I think it's it like was TikTok just... TikTok does have a marketplace, but it would only be for TikTok. Correct. Mm-hmm. Got it. Just from your vantage point, like everybody knows TikTok is huge and all the discovery is on is on TikTok. Do you have any interesting insights about platforms that people would be surprised by? TikTok is is definitely uh, I mean, TikTok is is hot right now. Um, but TikTok took a took a different approach, right? TikTok is more of an entertainment app. When you when you look at yeah. how users are using TikTok. Majority of the time, they're on their For You page. So it's not as much of a social aspect. It's more on the entertainment aspect where they're there to get content, which is very different than on Instagram. When you're on Instagram, you're there to see your friends' posts, uh, stories. It's a lot more social than what Mm -hmm. TikTok is. And TikTok did hit the nail on the head where you see a lot of the other platforms are moving into short-form content now. And our creators are really excited about shorts uh, that that's kind of like the insider info from us on the, on the platform, YouTube, Be- YouTube shorts, YouTube shorts. Yes. Yeah. Be- okay. Because of the, um, the revenue split that they're introducing. So mm. I think YouTube shorts will, will come up pretty heavy in in Q1, but uh, overall trend is just the new approach to being entertainment first yeah. on, on social is really connecting with people. So if you're an influencer who participates in a pair pop challenge and has monetization turned on via YouTube shorts, this is a situation where you could get paid twice. Yeah. They're, they're not exclusive to us and they're, we don't want them to be exclusive right. to us. Yeah. And then if I am a customer of let's say Olive in June and I use Ovation in the future, to get paid from Olive and June for talking about it. Like mm-hmm. that feels like a great opportunity for me as a consumer slash influencer to arbitrage my purchases. For sure. I mean, when you look at Sephora, right? Like Sephora has a great loyalty program. There's Starbucks has a great loyalty program. I right. really think in the future, uh, you're going to see brands using Ovation. Every brand in the world will then have all of their customers be able to, in a sense, like use it as a, as a, as a loyalty as program a loyalty. to be able yep. to earn from their, from their social content. It's, I think that's almost crazy that I think ovation challenges was crazy that that didn't exist. I think ovation is almost equally as crazy um, because we live in a social first world. Yeah. Um, you brands want people talking about them on social, especially their customers that are having great experiences and they already have built-in loyalty programs and they're coming back day and day again to, to buy their products. Have them say that, right? Like you want them to talk. They're having a positive experience with you. Put those things out in the world. 
It's really true, too. And I like the idea of changing the economics around every brand begging me for some sort of a review. Yeah. Because that is kind of free labor, which is why yeah. I don't really do it. So yeah. if there is a specific reward attached to that and I right. love a thing, then there's every incentive for me to do it. And it becomes like a win-win scenario. Correct. Fascinating. And then talk to me about becoming, how about being a creator who became, who went to the business side. Like, is it, you know, what have those challenges been like? Do you sort of feel like, oh, you know, guys, this is actually the route you should all take. There's a kind of classic example that is somewhat out of favor now because Les Moonves from CBS turned out to be Mm -hmm. not a great dude, but um, famously had started as talent. He was an actor. And said, would, and said, I went to the business side specifically because like no one tells talent anything. <laughs> I wonder how you think about going from a creator to a business person, but also how creators actually are much closer to the business than traditional talent ever used to be. So first off, I, I will, you know, I was a very failed creator, right? So it's like, <laughs> I wasn't able to amass too too much of a falling. So I wouldn't put me on too much of a creator pedestal. There's a lot of creators <laughs> are putting in more, more time, more effort. They've put their, their life Fair. behind it and have really done a great job. I tried my hardest. I just was not able to be successful. I wish I was, but you know, I, I wasn't. Um, I think I, I've, I've always had an entrepreneurial spirit since I was little. I, when I was in elementary school, I was going door to door selling uh, handmade crosses that I made with my uh, papa. And I was always just looking for every opportunity a- available. I came from a household that was not, I mean, I, I grew up in Arlington, Texas, which, you know, I wasn't, it didn't come from a family that had a ton of money. So I was always kind of like a chip on my shoulder. I was working extremely hard and getting into the into the business side. I mean, that was that was my dream as a kid. I, I always wanted to own my own business, build something. Mm-hmm. I just I love building. Um, so getting in, I didn't have a ton of knowledge on the VC space or the startup space. Uh, I did have to learn a lot as I went. What helped me the most was I had such great mentors throughout the journey where when Guy O'Siri came in as my co-founder, he really spent time with me. And Alexis Ohanian, who led our, our Series A, mm-hmm. um, spent a ton of time with me. And I got to just soak up information on uh, multiple aspects of, of running a business. Um, but it, it's, I, I, couldn't, uh, I couldn't ask for more. I'm, I'm super grateful for everything. And... Uh, I'm loving, loving what I'm doing. Amazing. Well, as you look forward to your path to Next Unicorn, we, of course, have identified you as a company we think that has potential to get to that milestone. What are the steps you think in the products that will take you there? I mean, it sounds like turning every customer into a creator is a pretty good pitch. It is a good pitch. I think, so just off of challenges alone, Mm -hmm. um, we... Our, our goal for next year is we want to do four to five X uh, in revenue, what, what we did last year, which will put us in a pretty good position. Ovation, I think, is also, it, it just opens the market, right? So it's like total addressable people right now for challenges is what you would bucket as professional creators. Ovation, your total addressable people's everyone in the world. Mm-hmm. So 
I think Ovation is, is the next step. And we do have another feature that we're keeping super, super, super tight lift right now that we'll be launching in Q2 that I, I'm really excited about as well. There's not a shortage of, of ideas uh, at, at Parapod. One, one thing that we've done super well at is we've attracted um, like world-class talent across all aspects of the business from product to engineering, to sales, to partnerships, uh, to marketing. So that has allowed us to build world-class products, world-class design, and we are bringing in uh, world-class brands. I mean, we're bringing in some of the, the best brands in the, in the world very quickly. Um, so I think continuing to hire amazing people is going to help us get there in, in itself. Um, but I think, I think challenges and ovate right now, we're just, we're so we're hyper-focused on building out challenges and ovation. And then as we build that out, then we'll continue to focus on, on new features. Awesome. Cole Mason, founder and CEO of PearPop. Thanks so much for the time and congrats on all you've built. Thanks so much for having me, Molly. Hey, great show. <laughs> Great too show. long of a show, but it's gonna, it's gonna be a long one. Who cares? Just, we had you too got much extra fun. show today. Enjoy. Yep. You did, and another. That's it for uh, the next unicorns. Another great season of the next unicorns is in the book. Okay. Yes, thank you we, for doing that. Thank you to all the the founders who joined us. We will be watching to yes, see if you we're looking for those get companies that, that get to that like nine figure valuation, and we're going to evaluate you. But we're also going to do uh, seed stage. So I just uh, did an interview yeah. uh, that we'll play later this week with a founder from India who's raised, you know, just a very small amount of money for a very clever idea. And I learned so much about the startup ecosystem in India that it really, um, it really, as my, uh, as my uh, daughters would say, it filled my bucket. You know, when they talk about emotions, it makes you feel good. My I had my bucket filled. You know how I love to talk to founders like I do when they're just like two people with an idea. So coming either Thursday or Friday, you're going to get a little mi micro interview 20 minutes. Uh, like I told everybody we're going to do like two thirds news one third founder interview and we're um, and we're yeah. going to watch one of the ao scott movies ahead of thursdays mm. this week in streaming with lon harris which we're, one are we watching we're going to try remember the name at least it's neptune frost neptune frost right <laughs> i watched the let first me get my, let me get my envelope where i write all my it notes is. neptune frost i watched the first 20 minutes yep. uh i'm not going to say anything but i fell asleep it's not the fault of the movie he I was started at 10 like 10 40 or whatever i know but i couldn't help day. myself i was like oh this looks actually really <laughs> good and I'm going to be very honest with A.O. Scott. If it's good, I'm going to give him his flowers. Yes. If it's mid and it's not, you know, I will be comparing. We're to restarting this fight. We're restarting this fight all over again. We're going to take no, our victory no. lap for going viral Maybe. tomorrow too. With, with I'm going to be honest. Intellectually, I'm trying to be intellectually consistent. Intellectually consistent. Please. All right. See you tomorrow, See you tomorrow. everybody. Bye.